Welcome back to Wordy and Nerdy. I hope you are doing well. Time codes below if you want to skip around. Today, Wordy and Nerdy will talk about Avatar 2 Complete Spoilers. Avatar 2 The Way of Water, a movie that took 13 years to make and a movie that needs to be the third or fourth highest grossing movie of all time just to break even. From the director who made Titanic and Terminator 2 Judgment Day, and the 10th million director who said Marvel movies are not true cinema. This movie has to be good, right? I'm honestly actually sort of impressed by their ability to pack so much nothing into three and a half hours. Like, the movie is egregiously long, yet almost nothing happens in it. So Very little happens. There are multiple occasions where I was, like, watching the screen, and I'm just sitting here like, I can't, like how much longer is this? Like there are just extended scenes of nothing happening. Yeah, very beautiful nothing happening, but nothing happening all the same. It's like there are scenes where they like swim through the water and they see the fish. And we watched it in three D, and I honestly didn't even think it was that impressive in three D. It was very pretty. There's no taking that away from it that it was a very pretty film. But like story wise, it just ground to a halt for extended periods of time. I mean, it's like they would have like. Anytime the story approached any kind of theming or message, it just ground to a halt. It was like the villain was motivation of like a Saturday morning cartoon. Like, I must kill the My Little Ponies. It was just like, it was so underdeveloped. It was literally the same villain from the first movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how people made fun of J.J. Abrams for that somehow Palpatine is back nonsense with the last or the Rise of Skywalker. And yes, that was stupid and deserved to be made fun of. But this, this, this is the same fucking thing. So I don't understand. I mean, like... Oh my god, I, like, I spent the last 24 hours talking on my TikTok about it, and like, a James Cameron fanboys in my comments section having all kinds of cope for like, this movie, this movie was good! And then, oh, my favorite thing, my favorite thing that they say is that they're like, you guys are giving this all kinds of hate, but you like Marvel movies. First of all, Marvel keeps getting all kinds of smoke for like, and catching all kinds of strays for like, no reason. Because like, who was saying anything about Marvel? Like, it's no better than a Marvel movie. You look, Marvel movies have thin plots too. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't see how that's a defense. Because it's like, yeah, sometimes Marvel movies do have thin plots. However, most Marvel movies I've seen have like, better better plots than this. Like, the only, like, somebody said, you know, if we were going to compare it to a Marvel film, we could compare it to, like, Eternals for the same reason, because they're both too goddamn long. And even Eternals, I think, has more going on in terms yeah. of story. Like, <laughs> like, this movie has so much nothing happening, and it's like, I actually give a fuck about the Marvel characters, and somebody's like, you only give, you only care about the Marvel characters because they were established in comic books, not because of the movies. I'm like, no, I mean, I do like comic books, but, like, the, the movie versions of the characters are their own thing. And there's plenty of character development throughout the thing. Like, you don't have to like all Marvel movies. And I'm not saying they're all cinematic masterpieces, but their 100% is more character development over the last 20 years of Marvel films. And also my whole thing is if James Cameron, who loves the smell of his own farts, I mean, I've never met a man who was just so fucking up his own ass. Like, like <laughs> it's just so fucking pretentious and insufferable. And he's one of those directors that's constantly complaining about how Marvel movies ruin yep. cinema and they're, I, you know, they're not high things. art, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I'm like, so he doesn't even want to be compared to a Marvel movie. So how are you, what are you, how is it a defense to say the plot isn't worse than a Marvel movie? Okay, is that the, is that the litmus test? Because don't y'all hate Marvel movies? So if you're going to say that, then you're admitting it's not a very good story. <laughs> like, I just don't understand. If you think Marvel movies are just 
popcorn schlock that has no meaning, then this is also popcorn schlock that has no meaning. And yet, there are people comparing it to Marvel or Fast and Furious or Star Wars, and I'd rather watch any of those movies before this because at least interesting things happen. Rise of Skywalker might be a fucking disaster, but at least there's lightsaber fights. There's nothing going on in this goddamn movie. It's just so long and boring. So it's like, what do you mean? Well, it ha- you can't criticize the plot because it's no worse than any other mindless blockbuster. Your whole appeal is supposed to be that you're not just another mindless blockbuster. So if you want to insist that you're so much more important than these other movies, then don't be mad when we judge you as such. A couple things I would like to bring up. My friend who has never watched the original Avatar movie, and it took him three days to watch this movie. <laughs> Because he said he had to stop so many times because he found it so boring. It was so boring. Like, I haven't, like, this movie was so boring. Like, I, I mean, I, I know that is such a, like, a, like a played out complaint about, like, a bunch of movies. Like, oh, it's boring. But, like, this movie was so boring. Yep. Like, there was so much nothing happening. And the few interesting questions that it did raise were never even addressed. Classic example is, so there, there, so first of all, Jake and Natiri apparently just fucked a whole fucking lot after the first movie because they have like four kids, four and a half kids, because they've got this Tarzan motherfucker, this white kid with dreads, who pissed me the, the hell off. And, and, and he, and he's there constantly with their other kids. And like, Natiri complains about it once to Jake, and then it's ne- it's never brought up again. No, and I guess never. we're supposed to admit that she doesn't like him that much. We're supposed to be getting kind of like a, a, a Catelyn Stark versus Jon Snow kind of vibe, I think. Yeah. Except that that's never explored and never goes no. beyond that one conversation. <laughs> like many things in this movie. And so, like, she expresses some concern about him hanging out with their kids like once and then it's never brought up again. So there's this kid named Spider who apparently there's like an Avatar comic series that he's explained in. And there's like a novel that you you have to. I'm sorry, if your movie is three and a half goddamn hours, and I still have to read comic books and novels to understand what the fuck is happening, you wrote a bad movie. <laughs> like, like, oh my god, I don't want a homework assignment to understand what the fuck is going on. <laughs> I, I cannot express how dumb this movie was. It was horrible. I cannot believe they brought back that sergeant. And it's not even like the he was a sergeant villain. villain. The sergeant villain is like if Marvel back brought back the Thor the Dark World 2 villain. <laughs> or just brought back the Black Widow villain, the random Russian yeah. mafia dude. He is nothing. He's a nothing of a villain. They don't even bother in two movies. They have not even bothered making me care about this general at all. He is so generic. I want bad American government guy. I want to destroy (laughs) native people. I want to take over this world. Why? Because fuck it, I'm evil. No, in this movie, he doesn't even want to take over the people. He's singularly focused on getting Jake Sully. He's just obsessed with killing Jake Sully. Which I even like, think is more dumber than the first one. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's like, they're not even doing it for resources. He's literally just doing oh it because he's God. mad at Jake Sully. And I'm just like, what? Like, I don't, and I don't even understand what they were trying to go with that. Because it's like, so, okay, so they bring the villain back from the last movie. So they brought him back by cloning him. So there's a clone of him. They cloned him into an avatar. And he, which, first of all, they, how long have they had this avatar cloning technology? Because that seems like it would have come in handy several times. <laughs> but, but they clone him into this avatar body. 
And then they make him watch this video where it's like, hey, you have all my memories. You're a clone of me and you're going to like be the bad guy or whatever. So then he just accepts this. However, there are several points at which the movie establishes this is not the same person. This is a different guy because it's like, on the one hand, they're like he wakes up and he's like immediately super hostile. And then they're like, whoa, 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 calm down. And then they show him the video of himself, but it's his clone or whatever. And they and they implant his memories. And they're like, hey, this is you know who you're supposed to be, and your mission is to kill Jake Sully. And so then for the rest of the movie, he's like singularly focused on killing Jake Sully. But there's this weird scene where they're like, where he comes across his own his own dead body in like the woods of of Pandora, which I guess they never cleared it out or anything. And they come, he comes across his own like skull or whatever. And he sees, he looks through his like view screen or whatever and sees his own death and sees that like Nateri shot him or whatever. And so then he's like, I guess mad about it, but he already knows he got killed. But then somebody's like, but then I think one of his soldiers is like, hey, do you want to like bring the remains back to like give him a proper burial or whatever? And instead he just crushes the skull. And so to me, that seemed to say like, okay, I'm rejecting like my old self or whatever, or like, that's not me. I can be my own person. Like I don't yeah. have to be this exact person. Um, cause he literally crushes the skull of the original person. And so I'm like, okay, so is this going to be about him like becoming, not, he might still be the villain, but he like has his own motivations and stuff, but no, for the most of the movie, he's still just him. And he keeps having lines where he's like, uh, you know, that's not me. I'm someone else. Like they talk about like the spider is supposed to be his yeah. kid or his, the person the original guy's kid. And so he's like, um, that's not my kid. You know, we're, we're not, he's not, and even the other army person's like, he's not really your son. You're a clone, whatever. He doesn't see himself as this kid's father, but then he's mad at Jake and he's like, I took you under my wing and you betrayed me. And I'm like, why do you feel personally about that? If you have already established that you do not feel like you are the same as the original Colonel, like you feel like you are your own person, even though you have the Colonel's memories and shit. So why are you saying, like, he goes from telling Spider, I am not your dad, but I have his memories, to you betrayed me, Jake. And it's like, no, he betrayed another version of you that is dead now. And you, like, what was the point of the narrative stuff and the, the visual stuff communicating that he wants to be seen as an individual, but then also he's basically the same person? Like, he does the, the same plot. He doesn't change. <laughs> he does what the military dude would have done. Yeah. If he was the same person. It's literally it's, the same person. They don't rewrite the character. I'm like, you had 13 years for this, and you didn't... First of all, you couldn't come up with a different villain or a different conflict. And this conflict is even less interesting than the first one, because they're just like... He just wants to kill Jake, and I guess the entire U.S. government also wants to kill Jake, because... I don't know. I, I, I don't... Why? Why is Jake so important? Isn't the whole point of you guys being there is to take over that planet for resources? Yeah, take over Pandora! Which... Jake and his family literally leave Pandora in like the first five minutes of the film. Yeah. Because he's like, because the army attacks and then they're like, which, well, first of all, I guess the army had been attacking for a while because the army attacks and then it goes one year later. And I'm like, well, what was the point of showing us that? And then, but one year later, nothing has really changed. It's just the army occasionally comes in and attacks and then the Navi fight them off. And it seems like the Navi have been fighting them off just fine for years. But then, so then the military says like, they always manage to fight us off. We have to, like, get in there and, like, get, kill Jake or whatever, because I guess he's their leader and he's telling them about our tech. And I'm just like, first of all, aren't the Navi, like, a like a really advanced society? Yeah. And, like, I mean, if they've been kicking your ass for, like, 16 years, and I'm only saying about 16 because his kid, he's got kids, like I said, he's got four kids, and his oldest kid is about 16, I think. I mean, yeah. they don't never say it, but he looks like he's about 16. And so I'm just like, what, like... 
it's been years. At this point, they know how to fight you. Yeah. It doesn't matter if Jake's there or not. I don't think there's something going to not fight you if Jake's not there. Like, I'm just like, and Jake, again, wasn't there. After the first 15 minutes, he's like, we got to leave. And Natiri's like, no, I don't want to leave. I want to protect our people. And he's like, no, we have to leave because uh, because the people will die if, if they come and attack us. So let's go to a different group of Navi, the, the water Navis or whatever, and she doesn't want to go, but then she goes and then, like... Uh, also, I thought that was a complete asshole thing for him just to do. Like, oh, by tribe I've been living with, you're still at war. I'm just gonna leave Yeah, now. he just leaves, and he's like, it's to protect... He literally makes another guy become the chief, and yeah. then he leaves, and I'm like, okay, first of all, wasn't the whole thing of saving Pandora, wasn't that like your whole motivation in the last movie? Like, what? Why are you you're just up and leaving? And I figured surely they would go back but they don't, because the end of the movie is so crazy, too, because it's like, the only person who dies, the only person who matters who dies in this movie is his son. And I would even to say he matters is kind of a stretch, because it's like his oldest son. Can we talk about his son? His son has nothing. Yeah. Like, they don't give him Well, no, I, I got, I, yeah, I got distracted, because I actually want to talk about all of his kids and the two characters that actually had something to do and the two characters that didn't. But, but coming back on that, like, the son's last words before he died were, I want to go home. And that was like a recurring theme that his kids didn't feel like they belonged in the water yeah. tribe and they wanted to go back to Pandora. So I figured surely they're going to take him back to Pandora. Like the, the movie is going to end with them going back to Pandora, but it doesn't. It ends with them joining the water tribe. And I'm like, first of all, I guess Materia is just cool with never seeing her mom again. Like what? <laughs> like, like, cause her mom is in, or in the early scene when they're back at Pandora. She's yeah. clearly still there. And like all of Natiri's friends and family that she grew up with around Pandora. Yeah. And she never wanted to come to this place in the first place. And the whole reason they came was to protect their family. But that didn't work because they found them. So it's like, why are you staying with the water people? Was that the goal? I thought you wanted to go back to Pandora. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, and I just don't get it. It's like, okay, okay, one squad's after you. Okay, you have a whole army. Why don't you just stay at your fortress? Yeah, stay and fight. And she's to literally, fight. and that's literally what Natiri wants to do. She's like, we should stay and fight and protect our people. He's like, no, we have to leave. And he spends his whole movie like, no, we can't fight. We have to leave. And then finally, at the end of the movie, his whole his whole journey, his whole arc is basically, I can't save my family by running. I gotta fight. Like, oh, you mean the way your wife was telling you to do this whole time? Too bad you realized that after you made her leave her whole family and culture. <laughs> Too bad we waited three. Hours for you to realize that. And also, your son is fucking dead. <laughs> also, what the hell did they do to Terry? Oh my god. She has been reduced to basically nothing. Not that yeah. she was, you know, a super interesting character before, but like, they have her do basically nothing except be a mom and be worried about stuff. And then Jake is literally, apparently, the only one in the whole, like, talk about a white savior film. Jake is literally the only person in this entire, in both tribes, who, like, cares and like understands what war is and like is willing to because like apparently the water people are pacifist except when they're not because there's this whole subplot so again his other son the one that actually has some, some kind of story going on his other son's whole thing is that like he's jet like he's jealous because his older son seems to know what to do more than he does and his dad seems to like his older son more and he's just kind of the family fuck up of course, the only way that they display this is by repeatedly showing him do stupid-ass things that almost get them all killed. So when his dad is, like, mad at him, you don't feel like, oh, what a poor, misunderstood kid. You feel like, no, I'd be mad at you, too. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> his fuck-ups were so dumb. His first fuck-up was like, ooh, guns. I want to pick up guns. In the middle of a war. Like, what? it was like a training. It was what? like they were being attacked. attacked. And then he shows up and starts, like, trying to shoot. 
and he dire- disobeys direct orders, and then his brother has to jump in to save him, and he almost gets killed. And then his dad starts yelling at him, like, what the fuck was that? And, and, and like, then he does the same as Yeah, he does the same shit. thing multiple times. Fine. So, but, but his whole arc is like, oh. I, you know, I'm, people don't like me, I'm like, I'm the outcast or whatever, I'm a weirdo. And so is his daughter, his adopted daughter, who's like, the virgin birth of this other of the Sigourney Weaver scientist played by Sigourney Weaver still, which I don't understand. You Sigourney Weaver played that girl, yeah, I and know. I'm just like, why? Why did it have to be her? They were like, yeah, why doesn't Sigourney Weaver play her own teenage daughter? Like, why? There's no reason for that whatsoever. <laughs> like, she sounds like a grown ass woman because she is. Like, why? Why? Why do you have Sigourney Weaver playing this 15 year old girl? There's zero reason for this to be happening. Yeah. <laughs> There, there is a, there is zero reason for that. Like all out. the other kids are played by kids or young adults, but like it's like Sigourney Weaver. What she's like sixty years old? Yeah, she'll make a great fifteen year old girl. <laughs> like what? What? The fuck? what were you thinking? If you just want her back, just bring back her character. Yes, you I mean, don't. Apparently, you can bring back whoever character you want. So just bring her back with a clone or some shit. <laughs> No, she's still alive. Remember, she's in that tank. Oh, yeah, she's alive, but she's not conscious. For, yeah. yeah. Because she's, yeah. And then she got pregnant, which is is a very weird thing. Was that through, because at the beginning, they're like, we adopted this girl because the, the, the scientist, she got pregnant. No one understands how. And I'm like, um, like, and they even make a joke about it later. They're like, who do you think knocked her up, lol? And I'm like, they don't know who her father is. And so she has this whole, like, journey of self-discovery. Except it never reaches any kind of conclusion. Presumably because that's going to be for the next movie. But her, she spends the whole movie like, uh, you know, when will my reflection show? She's like, you know, she's like, I don't know who I am. And people, people don't like me. I, they treat me like a weirdo, which first of all, doesn't even make any sense. Like she says that she hears Aya's voice or whatever. And she feels connected to Aya. And she's like, I know you think I'm crazy. Everyone thinks I'm crazy. I'm like, why would anybody think you're crazy? Isn't the Navi's whole thing that they're all super close to Aya? Like, isn't I, that part of their whole, like, religion and, and spiritual connection to Awa or whatever it yeah, is? Yeah, I, I just don't understand. Like, they call her weird. Yeah, Laying they call her weird. in the grass she and listening seem, to the art. How is that weird? weird? No, she doesn't seem any weirder than any of the yes. other characters. Because they never really explain why in this universe that behavior will be considered weird. weird. Like, in a universe where everybody fucks with their hair and connects their hair to special things on animals to drive them. Or trees. Or trees. And they connect to trees and start vividly hallucinating. I'm like, if that's a thing that people can do, you're going to have to explain to me why I should consider this weird. Her siblings are struggling to swim under, hold their breath underwater to do free diving. Uh, But she can do it really easily. And at one point, she connects to this heart tree or whatever, and then she has a seizure. And, well, she first she has a vision of her mom, and she asks her mom who her father is. But before her mom can answer, she, like, starts having a seizure. And so... They pull her up or whatever, and then and then the military doctors show up on a fucking spaceship. Which, as a reminder, Jake and his family are ostensibly trying to hide out on this on yeah. this remote island of like water Navi. So I'm sure the best thing to do if you're trying to stay under the radar of the U.S. government is to have a giant fucking spaceship fly to your location. That's not my problem. A spaceship that probably has trackers on it yeah. from the U.S. government because yeah. it's a government ship, mm-hmm. and so. <laughs> And so immediately the bad guy finds them because they do that, which is so stupid. And it doesn't even end up having a point because the guys don't do anything. The doctors show up and they're like, yep, that sure was a seizure. And they don't do anything. And then the chieftain's wife shows up and she starts doing some kind of sacred magic or whatever instead. And that's what brings her back to, brings her back into consciousness. So it's like, 
wow, I'm glad these people were here for no reason other than to get you immediately captured. And also, the one thing that they say, those doctors say is, you know, she's got a frontal lobe epilepsy, and that's why she's hallucinating talking to Ewa. And if uh, she has another seizure underwater, she could die. And that's true, like a dun-dun-dun moment, and then it's never mentioned again. It never comes up again. At that point, I mean, you know, silly me, having having faith that this would lead somewhere, I thought like, oh, okay, well, surely there's going to be another situation where either they're going to be in danger, and so she connects to the heart tree regardless of the risk to her life, and has another vision, or we're going to have some explanation for like why that happened. Nope. She never has another seizure. We never understand why she had the first seizure. She never, I think she maybe does connect to the heart tree once, but it's like not narratively important, and there's no tension. It's not like they're like, oh no, but if you do it, it could kill you. Like, I mean, it, again, having watched a movie before, it really seemed like they were laying out the groundwork. Like my brain, you know, you know, I know how tropes work and my brain is immediately thinking, okay, so they've established something that, that we as an audience are surely supposed to latch onto. Like the doctor said, if she, if she connects to the tree again, she could have another seizure and she could die. Okay. So I'm thinking, all right, so then this, the stage has been set. So later in the movie, there's going to be a situation where she has to connect to the heart tree, but there's tension because, oh no, what if she dies? Because the doctor said that she could die if she did it again, but it doesn't come up again. It's like, what was the point of having that scene? What was the point of them going out of their way to be like, this is a thing, like, this is why this is dangerous, but then it never comes up again, so I guess it wasn't a big deal. I cannot express how much in a three hour and 15 minute movie, I do not care about a single one of these characters. I do not care about anything about these sons or daughters. No, the son that finally died. I don't even remember his name. And he was so irrelevant. I was like, okay. (laughs) Like, they gave that son who died nothing. Like, he had nothing to do in the movie. He had no motivation. He had no characterization. He had no love interest. He had no, like, wants or needs or desires. He was just the good son. (laughs) He The only thing he did in the movie was... Hey, idiot son, stop being an idiot. Stop being dumb. (laughs) That's all he did in the movie. And he constantly was like, okay, come on, I saved you from kidnap number 47. Yeah, because he's all the fucking time. He saves his dumbass brother multiple times. That's how he ends up dying. And I'm just like, okay. (laughs) And that was your fault. I don't feel nothing for you. I'm like, oh, boo-hoo, you lost your brother. You, that was, that your, was your fault! fault. And literally, like, literally, that exact same moment, like, his dad is like, hey, you stay here and don't do anything else because you already fucked up and got yeah. your killed. And then two seconds later, he just does it anyway. Like, the, the amount of times that they had his father order him to stay just for him to not listen two seconds later. Like, what was the, what's even the point? <laughs> like, he's just not smart. Yes. He does dumb, shitty things. That get everybody, that put everybody in danger. Oh also, why do they keep bringing the little, the, the daughter with them? I don't On these know. fucking adventures. I, I don't. Like, they keep bringing the, because they also have a youngest named Took, and she's cute, but, like, useless. And yeah. <laughs> and they keep dragging their younger sister, who's, like, seven years old, on these terribly dangerous misadventures, and she gets kidnapped every single time. There's a moment where she literally lampshades it. They get, like, the most infuriating scene by far was the one where they were tied up and then they got out, and then they got tied up again within the same fucking scene. And the and two, the little one was like, I, I can't believe I'm tied up again. And I'm like, yeah, me neither. This is fucking ridiculous. 
They got kidnapped three times in this movie. In the same movie. It was like, it was like musical chairs. It was like they were taking turns getting kidnapped yeah. and then rescuing each other and then the other one got kidnapped and then the other one is like constantly. There's five fucking kids in this movie and their whole purpose is to be kidnapped repeatedly. And I can't get over every time the general is like, Jake, what do you want to do? Yeah. Jake, what like, do you want to do? Me. I'm going to kill your kid if you don't come to me or whatever. And it's like, what is the point? And then also, Dude, this is your third time doing this. And there were also and the movie. Multi- and the ship was actively sinking. And there are also multiple references to like other movies. Like that that scene was very much like the Titanic, which Cameron also directed, where like the ship is sinking and they're holding on to wreckage and stuff like that. And then also um, the uh, Free Willy. There's like a Free yeah. Willy thing. One of the only characters that's actually interesting is this fucking whale character, and he like he forms a spirit bond with like the dumb kid, the dumb son. And they're like, well, you're an outcast just like me. And again, I'm like, you're only an outcast because you're fucking stupid. <laughs> and then, and so then they like, so then the, and apparently they can communicate through like this water sign yeah. language or something. And so the whale can talk, but like with whale sounds, but they understand each other. And the whale has one fin. He like broke his fin or whatever. There's a scene where he literally jumps out of the water and it's like free willy. It's literally like the poster for free willy. And, um, and there's one where he's like, they're like, why is the, um, why is this fish, uh, he's, uh, he's outcast, he's dangerous, he's a dangerous fish, he kills people, he's so dangerous, and then he's like, so then the kid's like, no, he, he's gotta be a good fish, because he saved my life that one time, so then he goes back to talk to the fish, and he's like, why are you an outcast, and eventually they, like, connect with the soul branch, because first of all, if they fuck by connecting their hair, but they also dedicate babies by connecting their hair, and they also ride animals by connecting their hair, what the fuck does that mean? I don't It reminds me of, like, fusion in Steven Universe, like, it's such a mixed metaphor. Sometimes it's sex, but sometimes it's other things. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They just connect their hair to everything. The fish or whatever, the big whale, is, like, outcast, and they find out he's outcast because, I guess, some of the sky people had shown up and, like, attacked the water people and they killed some of the whales and so he rounded up some other whales to like fight against them but they got them all killed because like they were you know killed by the sky people or whatever and so then he was outcast because according to their ways he's a killer and killing of all kinds regardless of motivation or reason is forbidden in the waterlands which is baffling because a it doesn't make any sense that you wouldn't kill when you were being directly attacked B, later in the movie, they're very willing to kill, and I don't know, and C, they also hunt. Like, they talk about, like, going out to hunt, so I'm like, well, I mean, if you don't kill, hunting is killing. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) It doesn't make any sense that he's outcast. And then, and what's wild is that later on in the movie, because they have, like, the, so the water people have this, like, spiritual connection to these whales, and they can all, like, talk to each other and stuff like that, and they consider themselves, like, spirit siblings. So then the chieftain's wife, She's spirit sisters with, like, one of the whales, and she just had a baby calf, a baby whale. And so then the the mama whale gets killed by these by these hunters in the most agonizingly long and boring non-climactic hunting scene I've ever seen, where, like, this fucking annoying Australian dude is, like, hunting it down or whatever, and, he, like, they, like, shoot balloons into her fins and stuff. It was dragged on It was so dragged. It was like, on. so now we're going to shoot balloon number one. And now we're going to let it float. Now we're going to shoot a second balloon. And now we're going to shoot an explosive arrow. She's still alive. Now she's not. She's dead. Her baby. I don't mean, did you, I missed when the baby died. When did they kill the baby? I didn't even see that happen. The baby was like, 
was like trying to swim and like wake her up because he didn't realize yeah. she was dead. But I never saw them actually kill the baby. But then later they showed up. They killed her and her calf. And I'm like, when did that? When did the calf die? When did I, that even I happen? I didn't even see the calf and, die. No, and the whole reason that they killed her apparently was to like draw the Navi out because they specifically wanted Jake. So first they're like going from village to village and like beating and torturing the villagers and setting their houses on fire. And then the chief talks to Jake and he's like, they're they're coming for you, but the people have not told them where you are by my command. And I'm like. It seems like you should be a little bit more frustrated that your people are being, like, actively brutalized for, for Jake. Yeah. And so then Jake finally, like, I got to go and talk to them or whatever. And so he draws them out by, like, killing the fish. And he's like, no, we can't go out because it's a trap. But then the rest of the, but then the rest of the water navi are like, we got to go and have revenge because they killed our whale friend. And I'm like, I'm sorry. So if they kill a whale, it's time for war. But if a whale kills them in retaliation, it's time to outcast the whale because killing is bad. Like, what? Well, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, the whale didn't do anything wrong. wrong. He was just defending himself. No. <laughs> so then the water princess or whatever, she, like, has a conversation with the annoying kid because apparently they're in love or something. And she's like, by our ways, he is a killer. That's just why he is forbidden or whatever. And he's like, but he knows what he did was wrong. He would never do it again. And I'm like, I mean, he should do it again. Killing your oppressors is not yeah. wrong. <laughs> like, That's what you're going to do later in the movie. Yeah, like, he didn't do anything wrong, and he didn't do anything different than what everybody else does later in the film. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I was like, they even had this conversation. Like, I guess the whales don't fight back. He's like, the whales never lift a finger against us, but they're tough to kill. Because I guess the whales also have this never kill anybody ever philosophy, which, again, is fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like... I just, it's so weird. The motivations of these characters and, like, the messages they have are just, like, what am I meant to make of this? Like, Jake's running wife is like, no, they'll kill everything. If we if we enter into a war, it'll be nothing but suffering. But then later at the end of the movie, he's like, we can't run away. We have to fight. Which is literally what his wife said from the very fucking beginning. So if I were her, I'd feel some type of way. Because, like I said, they end up staying with the water people. And I'd be like, you made me leave my home and family because you didn't want to fight. And now suddenly you're like, we should fight. The wives are, and see, the women are always right but never listen to you because the chieftain's wife of the water tribe is also like, we should not let these people stay with us because it's going to bring a bunch of their fucked up shit to our land. And he doesn't listen to her. And then she's exactly right because that's exactly what happened. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Jake's like, oh, I'm worried about her. I'm like, you should be worried about her. She's only one making sense yeah, in this movie. Like, no, if we bring these people who are being actively chased by a very violent military... We could find ourselves the target of this violent military. And his husband was like, nah. And then that exact scenario is what happens. <laughs> yeah, so Loak is the, is the one that like is constantly in trouble. So he's the only one who has kind of an arc. But even then, his arc doesn't make any sense because it's just like, he didn't really learn anything. <laughs> no. Think. No one learned anything. I don't think anyone learned or changed all that much. <laughs> like, okay. We started out with the beginning of the movie with the military dude hunting them. We end with the movie with the military dude living and hunting them. And also, yeah, speaking of the military dude, so he like, so his relationship with Spider is bizarre. Yeah. So it starts with Spider. So again, Spider is apparently the biological son of the colonel. We don't know whose mom is. Apparently that's in some kind of spinoff book that you have to read. And so he, he gets captured during the first like attack. Where the military people, because again, 
the stupid sons go out to like go hunting beyond where they were supposed to, and they end up getting ki- captured by the military dude. And then Jake and Natari come to save them, but Spider gets captured. And so then they start torturing Spider to like try to get information out of him about where Jake is, and um, but he doesn't break. And so then the colonel makes them stop for a little bit. And then he says, let me just talk to him one-on-one. So he talks to them. And so then the military's like, he's not your son. And I'm like, I don't know why she bothered to say that, but okay. And so then they have a conversation while they're in the, while he's in prison or whatever. And he's like, hey, why don't you just come along and hang out with me? You don't have to tell me where Jake is, but you can just like, I'll just, you know, keep you with me when we go back to Pandora. Uh, Because it's either that or be tortured again. So he agrees to go with them or whatever, but he's still, you know, kind of hostile, which understandably he's being kidnapped. Okay, fine. And so, so then they go back onto the planet and then he like teaches, the kid teaches them, him some Navi so that he can communicate. And, um, they try to, he's like, we got to act more like Navi. After the first time when they got immediately fought back, they're like, maybe we should stop stomping around in army boots with like giant fucking guns. And maybe we should start acting more like Navi in order to track them and like blend in. And so they try to like take over those like flying dinosaur thingies and, um, the kid kind of teaches them how to mount one or whatever. And they have this weird bonding moment where they're riding together and learning how to ride it. Cause so there's this moment where he struggles to like, to, to like, to, to rein in the, the dinosaur thing. And he like falls off the cliff. And so the spider's like kind of following to see what happens. And then he ends up, he ends up successfully bonding with the creature and he like triumphantly comes up the thing or whatever. And spider kind of smiles like, well, I'll be damned. And I'm just like, why are you like, like, why? <laughs> It's like he's, he's like he's proud of him, and I'm just like, why? Yeah, I just don't understand. Why is he proud of him? Yeah, I'm so glad you learned how to fly that wing creature to kill I mean, that family whole, I'm trying to protect. Exactly. I'm so glad. Their whole interaction is like kind of like how like a movie, if, like you're watching one of those movies where like a big tough guy like Vin Diesel or The Rock has to like take care of a little kid, and so it's like. You know, he's not exactly a cruel, evil person, but he's just very gruff and doesn't know how to deal with kids. And then slowly they kind of form a bond. But that's yeah. like, like you know, like, like remember that one where like Vin Diesel's like a babysitter or whatever? Yeah. And he, but like, but that's funny because it's like a big tough guy learns to be nice to kids. But it's not like an evil villain trying to kill a whole family learns to bond with some random rogue Tarzan kid that's technically his son. Like, what? <laughs> Like, I'm not rooting for the villain. This guy is trying to kill Jake's family. I think we're supposed to be against that. So why are they having these scenes where there's, like, an endearing moment between him and the kid? And then, so then uh, later in the climax, like, Natiri, and she fights or whatever, and then she, like, threatens to kill Spider if he doesn't let Kiri go, if, if the colonel doesn't let Kiri go, because now the colonel has Kiri. And so then she, like, cuts Spider's throat, but not enough to kill him, just, like, enough to make him bleed. I guess, and then, because at first then the colonel's like, I don't care, he's not really my kid, but then he's like, no, don't kill him! And I'm like, what? Like, since when do you like him? When did that happen? <laughs> I'm so, and so then, after they fight, and then the colonel and Jake are fighting, and they go under underwater, and the colonel and Jake fight, and then the colonel, or Jake, like, strangles him or something, and they, like, and makes him go into the water, and then the key, and then Spider decides to go under and save him for reasons that are absolutely beyond my comprehension. I don't know why he saved him. I don't know why he saved him, and I also don't even know how he was still alive because, like, um, T- Loak goes to save Jake, and Jake is almost dead. Like, Jake literally is very, very close to drowning, and then Loak manages to save him. Meanwhile, the Colonel was deeper and underwater for longer, 
And also Jake like strangled him and he's still somehow alive. Yep. And Spider-Man is just pulling me out of the water. And then he just puts him on one of the one of the like dinosaur things and he's like, son, come with me. And he's like, fuck you. And then he leaves. <laughs> and then that's the end. I'm like, why did that even happen? And it's not like it ever comes up again. And it's not like he goes and warns Jake, like, hey, by the way, you know that guy that you killed because he was trying to kill your family? I saved him, so good luck with that. <laughs> Just don't get it. Like, why? Why did Spider all of a sudden get this attachment yes. to the general? Like, the general has been nothing but a he's been hostile, and also they haven't even known each other for very long. I don't think very much time has passed. I can so. <laughs> it. I could count on my hands about twenty times he has told this kid in this movie alone, "Hey, dumbass, get in the bricks or yeah, something." Yeah, yeah, dumbass, get in the bricks. No, they're not. not I mean, yeah. they're not nice. Also, also the kid, the kid says "dumbass" and "bro." That's like ninety percent of his dialogue. This dialogue is not like you can tell James Cameron has never met any actual teenage children. He's like, yeah, kids. You know how kids are. They say "bro" and "dumbass" and "butthole." Yeah. <laughs> like, what was that about? He's like, I don't speak English to buttholes. Why not say asshole at this point? You think a thir- like a 14-year-old boy wouldn't know asshole or wouldn't say asshole? Yeah. <laughs> I just can't explain. Like, there was a three-year-old girl sitting next to me. Which, first of all, ripped to that child. Yeah. Because, like, why would you bring a three-year-old I don't <laughs> understand. Like, like, she wants to be watching Bluey, not this garbage. <laughs> Like, the only time when I saw her enjoying it at all was because we were watching in 3D, was the fish popping out of the screen. Yeah, she reached out to try to yeah. catch the fish. That's the only other time <laughs> I saw her enjoying the movie. And then she fucking fell asleep. And then I, I looked over, and it was, like, near the finale and stuff, and she was past the hell out. And yeah, first of all, it was almost 11 p.m. at that point. Yes. And also, like, again, why would you bring a child to such a late showing of the movie? It was so funny. The credits were rolling. And her sister was like, come on, come on, we have to go home. <laughs> she's like, oh, Jesus, is it finally over? <laughs> because I don't blame her. I know I'm sick of What are you supposed to get out of this movie when you're three years old? You're not getting comedy. You're not getting a good story. You're not getting anything. The only thing you're getting is it's a couple of pretty visuals, which yes. is all the movie has going for it. It's literally, it's visually impressive. And honestly, I don't even think it's as visually impressive as some people are acting like it is. I mean, like, it's fine. It's pretty. But, like, I don't know. I feel like I've seen pretty movies. Like, I'll be honest. The scene, like, yes, was the CGI on this movie technically probably better than the underwater scenes in uh, Wakanda Forever? Yeah. Probably. But I liked the scenes in Wakanda Forever way better. Like, that scene where, like, where the prince is showing Shuri, like, the, the underwater city, and that beautiful music is playing, and she's, like, swimming through the water. It's so much more magical. You can feel just how, like, real it feels. Like, it's not that the CGI is necessarily the best CGI ever, but it feels like a real movie. Like, I care about Shuri. I care about these, pick these yeah. characters. And so when, like, these, when Shuri has emotions, it's not just some random blank character like Kiri, who just, like, looks wondrously. But I'm like, I don't know anything about this character, so I don't really care. I don't, I'm not feeling like I'm seeing it through her eyes. But when Shuri was going through and seeing all the people, I felt like I was seeing it through her eyes because she's an established character. And I understand who she is as a person and what her motivations are. <laughs> so. Wait, that's a problem. You do not care about it. Any of these characters. I, I don't know how James Cameron successfully in like six hours of a movie 
the first one and the second one. I do not care about a single one of these characters. No, they're not interesting. There's like, no themes. How do you make a six-hour movie and I don't care about a single character? Not one. No, not one. And even the ones that kind of had a personality before don't have one anymore. Yes! <laughs> like, Jake sure has a lot of lines, but I don't care about any of them. No! <laughs> I, I hate how many times Jake had to give narration yeah, to something that was narrates. obvious. Yeah, so it's like, it's so pointless. Like, this movie, you spend so much money and you can't visually explain the story without having to fucking narrate every second. And like, with the, um, like I said, when I, when I say that my favorite character, the character I was most invested in in the film is the rogue whale. I mean that. The rogue whale had more of a character arc and story than, like, any of the human characters, any of the Navi. Like, he was the only character who, like, had a sort of beginning, middle, and end to his story, who had motivation, who you were actually rooting for when he came on screen. Like, you know, like, you actually felt sort of bad for him when he talked about being sad that all his family was dead. Literally, the fucking whale had more character development than anybody else in this movie. I don't think James Cameron can write. I'll be honest. Like, and it's like, I think it's because the whale doesn't actually say anything. It's yes. just communicated with yeah. with subtitles. Yeah. Because he had what, and he like looked genuinely sad, and like he just was so much more interesting than all these characters. It's perfect. Like you can have a character say a bunch of stuff but actually say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like this is truly the only fucking character I care about. It's a goddamn whale. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Whale. Yeah, I was glad he didn't die. Like, that was the only death that would have actually made me sad. <laughs> because he has no reason to be out Also, can we talk about the dialogue in this movie? Oh, yeah, we can. Oh, it was ass. <laughs> I, I was, that, that's what I was trying to bring up. Like, James Cameron wrote these movies. He wrote the script for the first one and the second one. At one point, let's just sum up the dialogue in one sentence. Um, At one point, the bad guy says, why so blue? blue? Like it's a fucking Saturday morning cartoon. I'm like, is this Transformers? Is this My Little Pony? What am I watching right now? Why, why so like, blue? Half a billion dollars for why so blue? <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe it. And that, oh, oh! Talk about that marine biology scientist when they were on the boat oh, hunting yeah. down this whale, and they finally got this whale. Oh yeah, no. First of all, yeah. let's talk about why they're hunting down the whale. So apparently, the new unobtainium. You know that was a thing in the last movie. Yeah. Well, here instead of that, they're after whale brain juice. Now this is something that you blink and you miss it because it only really comes up once. But they kill this whale, um, one of those spirit whale things, because apparently they're highly intelligent. And juice from their brain stops human aging. <laughs> okay. What? <laughs> what? Why would you tell us that? Are that you going to do once and never goes never goes anywhere? But it's just like they're poaching the animal. And I noticed that there's one bit of the dialogue that very ham-fistedly tries to reference like how indigenous people live, but not in a way that's interesting or like necessary because they like think he's like so we're gonna suck the brain juice out and then we sink it and then Spider goes. That's all? You don't even use the whole animal? And I'm like, like that's clearly a reference to how, you know, a lot of indigenous cultures yeah. will use the whole animal yeah. to pay respect to its death. And I'm like, what? I mean, what is the point? Like, it's so on the nose. No, it's like you cease making that observation. Like, the observation, the movie is like, you know, colonization bad, which, okay, yeah, thanks, James Cameron. I didn't realize that until you told me. But, like, they don't do anything with that. I'm like, I feel like we've seen so many movies this year alone that have dealt with, like, colonization and some have done it well, like Wakanda Forever, and some have done it 
not very well, like Black Adam, and some have just barely done it at all. It's more, some feel like if you just looked up the dictionary definition of colonization and then read it out loud to somebody. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, like, we with one scene in Wakanda Forever, I don't know why I'm keep comparing it to Wakanda Forever, I guess just because they have both have sea people or whatever, but in one scene in Wakanda Forever, we see the damage that colonialism did to, like, Namor's home. Yeah. Where, like, the Span- Spanish conquistadors are, like, you know, showing up and they're enslaving people and they're, you know, all that kind of sh- shit is happening. You can clearly see this is the specific impact that colonization has had on this man's people, and this is specifically why he wants revenge, and this is all this kind of stuff. In this movie, it's just like, yeah, colonization is bad. But it doesn't really have anything beyond that to say. It's just no. like, yeah, these cartoonish bad guys are doing bad... They don't even have... They don't even express a reason. It's not like, you know, oh, we're doing it for resources. I mean, they are doing it for resources, but it's never like, let's have a nuanced conversation about what drives these people to do these things. It's just like, we are bad guys, and so we do bad things. <laughs> I mean, you know what would be good? Like, they keep on saying, Earth's dying. Could we see Earth die? Yeah, could we or see an could we give, like, any motivation for these humans? Yes. Why do they have to be the most generic villains yes. ever like, created? Imagine if you showed Earth dying and you showed the impact that that happens, and perhaps if you had the villain that isn't the same fucking villain from the last movie, maybe you showed, like, his daughter is dying of cancer or something back on Earth. So he's desperate to, like, find a livable solution. Yes. And so, like, now we care and we understand what his motivations are as a, per- as a character. Now he's not just a mindless villain. He has a reason to exist. Like, Namor isn't just wanting to kill people because, you know, kill people. Like, he wants to protect his people. And is he going about it the right way? Probably not. But, like, you understand why he's doing the thing that he's doing. <laughs> yeah. You don't get anything from these villains. Like, I, I, I can't believe he brought back this villain and did nothing with him. I thought like, that's all you even need to say. Like, for real, people who are insisting that this is such a great movie. I'm like, how can you defend that? How can you defend being so unoriginal that you just bring back the villain from the last movie? And I heard, I, I was listening to a podcast before this, he's supposed to bring that villain back for multiple other movies. Well, yeah, because he didn't end up dying. He didn't die. I'm like, I just don't understand how, if you can't come up with a second villain idea, like, he's a and, guy who's in the military, and that's bad, I guess. <laughs> Like, even if he brought him back, could you make him interesting? Yeah. Or do anything? He's had two movies and six hours worth of footage should do something interesting, and he has yet to do so. He is the most generic military dude I have ever seen in a movie. Ever. Like, it's... Even this weird affection he apparently has for Spider comes out of nowhere and has no reason to be there. It's not because of his... He has no connection to this kid other than... The memories, I mean, he's biologically the same as his father, and he has his father's memories, but his father died when the kid was a baby, so, like, he never even knew him. So, like, what are you doing? That's why I'm surprised when his son was about to die, and he was like, oh, now I suddenly care. Yeah, Where did this come from? Why do you care? I just, it doesn't make any sense. The idea of Materi threatening Spider, someone who, you know, has grown up alongside her kids and who she knows very well and has known since he was a baby uh, because she's just so mad with grief from having lost her son and doesn't want to lose her daughter. Like, that's the kind... I mean, it reminds me, only in concept, does it remind me of, like, when uh, the Red Wedding in uh, Game of Thrones, when Catelyn is, like... when You know, when they attack, when they kill her son, and then Catelyn grabs, like, Frey's wife or whatever, who's just a, just a young woman, she's, like, 15 years old, and threatens to kill her. 
And Frey's just like, I don't care, I'll get another. And he and she kills her. Just not. She didn't really have a reason to kill her. She's just so upset because everybody, her whole family, just got murdered. And then she dies. And that's a very that's one of the most emotionally impactful scenes that's ever been filmed in the history of television because it's like we see a good person driven to do something simply terrible out of her like love and grief for her child. And that's kind of what they tried to do here, except I felt nothing because they didn't care about the kid. I didn't care about the girl. I barely saw her interact with that son. Like, it doesn't, it's giving nothing. It's like, you can put the concept in, but if you don't build the framework, it doesn't mean anything. You can't just have this, you cannot just have Natiri, like, threaten this kid and have me go, oh no, I can't believe that a good person like Natiri is doing this awful thing without some context. <laughs> It doesn't help that she's not even a character in this movie. No, not at all. <laughs> like, she is barely talks in this movie. Like, yeah. it's mostly Jake and his dumbass children. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Basically. And she she doesn't talk, and she gets, in, she gets in danger, like, multiple times, and then she almost dies, and then her daughter shows up to help her. In fact, it's really weird, in the, one of the climactic scenes... Like, so the whole family is actively drowning, except for Kiri, who is just, you know, blissfully swimming through the water, playing with, like, water fairies and stuff like that. <laughs> Literally, there are intercutting scenes of her, like, whimsically swimming through the water and playing with, like, the water animals, and then they intercut that with her family actively drowning. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm dying, I'm dying! <laughs> and I'm like, what am, what am I supposed to make of this scene? Like, I'm, all I'm seeing is, like, girl... Fucking, your family is dying! Go do something about it! What are you doing? And it's not like she didn't know they were in danger. Like, she escaped by jumping off the ship, and then she was like, well, I guess I'll just play around underwater for a little while, but my family is in grave danger. So then Jake and and Toak are, and Loak are, like, trapped under, like, an air pocket and drowning, and then her, uh, Took and Natiri are in another air pocket on another part of the ship, and they're also drowning. And so then she shows up. Also, there's these random butterfly fish that like help you breathe underwater if you like attach them to yourself. And so she like finds one of the butterfly fish and she attaches it, and then she finally decides to get off her ass and go swim and help her, her sister and her mom. She gives her mom the thing to help her breathe, which I don't really get. Like, I feel like if anybody, her sister probably needed it more because yeah. she has smaller lungs. Yeah. <laughs> So she gives it to her mom, and then they just swim to safety. And then um, Loak gets his dad to learn how to breathe, and then they swim to safety. And then that's like it. I'm just like, what was the point of any of that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the point of that. <laughs> Maybe it was supposed to feel epic at the time. Like, I oh guess. man, and she's then, controlling the fish. And then they something. save, and then they all end up like washed up on shore, and they're like, we all stick together. Meanwhile, Spider is like off saving his dad for no reason. Then he finally swims back and meets up with the family. They don't even seem to have wondered where he was. They're like, they didn't even care. <laughs> he just shows back up and they're like, and he. Sh and the funny thing is, he shows back up and then Jake hugs him along with Loak and he says, a son for a son. And I guess that's meant to mean that he's adopted him, which I'm like, first of all, weren't you already basically family? And secondly, yeah. what the fuck does that even mean? What are you talking about? You didn't even care that he was gone for like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't know if he was alive or dead. <laughs> and also, are we gonna maybe address that your wife tried to kill him? <laughs> and are we gonna address that Spider did a dumbass decision? No, we don't address that Spider freed his dad. We don't revisit like Natiri threatening his life. We don't. We don't revisit any of that. It's just like you're my son now. <laughs> what? 
in that context, it's such a fucked up thing to say. Like, it's one thing if Natiri says a son for a son because she's threatening to kill your son in revenge for you killing her son. That at least makes sense. But then for but then for Jake to go a son for a son, it kind of just sounds like I'm glad I have this spare son. <laughs> like, my son died. Oh, well, I'll replace him with this random white kid. <laughs> I mean, in that context, it literally just feels like I've replaced my your father killed my son, so I'm going to replace my my son with your father's son, which is you. You're my son now. He's really over his one of his son dying almost immediately. (laughs) Like almost immediately. Gary was at least like crying and showing. Yeah, she was upset, and then and then he was like, "Stop feeling woman emotions. It's time to do stuff." (laughs) He's like, "Hey, stop fucking crying because your son died. (laughs) I need you to be strong." (laughs) I wanted her to tell Jake, "Shut up!" Like Jesus Christ, your your fault. fault. (laughs) Like. You wanted to go to this place, even though you knew the military people will be after us till the day we die. So why don't we stay with our family and fight them? Which they seem to be doing fine. It's not like I mean, yes. the military literally says like he he's managed to fight us like every single time that we've tried to escape. Initially going in, what I thought was going to happen is that their moving to the water people was temporary, and if they were going to use it so that they could like save up energy or like train to fight. Or I thought maybe he was going to have his wife and kids stay there for safety while he goes yeah. and fights the military guy. I didn't figure he was going to stay. I figured he was just trying to find a haven for his wife and kids, and then he was going to go handle things. But then neither of those things happened. He was just like, we just need to run away to the Water Kingdom, and we'll be safe. And then uh, we'll learn. Also, there was like this weird tension with the Chief's kids, with the Water Chief's kids and their kids. So like, first of all, and yeah, so... The water chief's he's got two sons and a daughter, and the daughter is like making eyes at Loag the whole time. And the two sons are like kind of mean and hostile to the yeah. kids because they were like they, weaker they, swimmers. They made fun of them because they had shorter tails because the underwater people have longer tails. They have long, like wide long tails, tails for swimming, yeah. and they just you know they were like, "You guys are forced. You don't have to swim." Yeah. Blah blah blah. They're making fun of, them. and they also like, started groping or grabbing the, the Kiri or whatever, like, really bullying her, and her brother showed up to beat them up to defend her, which, you know, good for them, but, like, you know, that whole scene is treated in a weird way, and then and then the kids, so then in retaliation for the brothers beating them up, they, they trick Loak into going out beyond the reef and almost fucking dying because he's a dumbass. And- I just don't understand, like, that scene came right after the other, like, oh, now I almost physically assaulted your sister. Do you want to come on an adventure with yeah, us? Yeah, and he's just like, okay, well, okay. I'm not a pussy, so I'll do it. And then he, like, you know, immediately almost fucking dies. And so, and then the chief, and then the water chief is like, you shouldn't have done that. Uh, but then he, like, takes the blame, and the, Jake, so Loak takes the blame, and then, then now him and the other guys are friends, because I guess he didn't let him get in trouble with his dad. Which, again, if you fucking left me to die, I would absolutely let you get in trouble with your dad. Fuck you. You went to a place you know there was a predator or something that was going to eat me alive. And you think we're all cool now? (laughs) Like, what? Like, I know what it's like to be a disappointment. I'm like, again, what are you talking about? And you're a disappointment because you're fucking dumb. He's a disappointment because he attempted murder. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, I guess he thought he was just playing a prank, but, like, he had to know it was fucking dangerous. <laughs> and even his dad is like, you knew it was dangerous to go beyond the reef. Like, what the hell? <laughs> and so that whole scene is so dumb and pointless. And also, let's just talk about, like, the, the yikes representation in this film. Like, first of all, I think he wrote these stories ten years ago. To yeah. think the hubris of thinking... I think he actually wrote it more than 10 years ago. And the hubris of thinking that a story you wrote that long ago is still, like, super culturally relevant and doesn't need any updates, especially when it was already super problematic that you're basing all of these cultures on, like, indigenous cultures. So, like, the Water Tribe is clearly based on, like, Polynesian people groups like the the Maori. And so they have these, like, facial tattoos, um, and they have these, like, kaka-like movements they do when they want to go to war, like, stick their tongue out and stuff like that. But it's so tasteless, and most of the actors are white, that they're having act like Native Americans or act like, you know, Polynesians and that kind of stuff. And it's just so fucking cringe to, like, have, like, Kate fucking Winslet, the whitest woman who ever lived, <laughs> white mixed with white, <laughs> and have her be, like, the chieftain's wife and, like, make faces. It's just weird. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's just super tasteless how he, like, fetishizes Native culture, but, like, doesn't actually respect it enough to, like, have the people like the guy who plays the water tribe chief is at least maori but like a lot of those characters are white and it's yeah. just like you know it's okay to act like native americans or like have dreads and stuff like that as long as we're pretending to be natives from space that are blue <laughs> yeah the, I, I don't blame you that's probably the reason why you hated spider so much like Jesus. yes no i did hate spider i mean i hate him for a lot of reasons but he's like yeah. super appropriative and funny i did this fucking half-naked white child running around in a loincloth and dreads just makes me irrationally angry. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was just so long for so little to occur. I, this, this has been a year of, like, no matter how much money you can put into a project is, if you don't have a story, it does not matter. Because people said the same shit for the Lord of the Rings TV show. Lord of Rings yep. TV show, they spent upwards of a billion dollars or something. Yeah, something ridiculous. insane per episode. Per episode. and But the story was so boring. Boring. It, what everyone said, the biggest problem with that show is the pacing. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. And that's the same way this Avatar movie is. Well, the pacing is horrible. It's like people are, one thing that Hollywood is just fundamentally forgetting, I don't care if you have the coolest special effects in the world, if you have a shit story, it doesn't matter if you're playing to nostalgia, it doesn't matter if you have really cool effects, none of that matters. You have to have a good story, and cinema starts with a good story. Like, I just, it's that's so fundamental. I just don't get how all these writers and everything and directors forgot that like in the past couple years like all we have to do is put a bunch of visual effects and it will cover up everything and they also do that with these marvel tv shows and stuff like most of these marvel tv shows they would be much better off if they were just movies with simple plots an hour and a half Mm -hmm. That would be it, like for Falcon and Winter Soldier. That could have been an hour and a half a movie, and that would be way better pace. Mm-hmm. Than, and some of the movies yeah. would do better as shows. Yes. Like, The Eternals would make a much better series. Yeah. Because you could spend each episode focusing on one of the characters, and then have them all join up at the end. Yes. <laughs> so, this year alone has shown that 
pacing and storytelling is what's important. And this movie is the definition of you have no pacing, a thin ass story. Like, this is like the thinnest story. I don't even know what he's trying to say in this movie. Yeah, it doesn't feel like he's like, trying to say anything. Like, okay, capitalism is bad. We know that. Every single movie has said that, basically. I mean, you have to what do something you... with that. You can, it's not just enough to be like, you know, it's, colonization is bad. Like, yeah, I'm glad we're in agreement, but what do you have to say about it? Yeah, <laughs> what do you have to say about it? Like, you can't just have three hours of a movie about that. You have to say something. Like, visuals can't carry this movie along. And I already hear people say, okay, Avatar 2 is the best movie ever this year and stuff like that. No, I'm sorry. Anybody who unironically thinks this is the best movie that came out this year, like, you either need to watch more movies or, like, uh, you're capping because there's just no way you think yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know it's mean. Like, it is just an opinion. But that, to me, just doesn't make any sense because this story, this movie was so severely lacking in any kind of story, which to me is so fundamental. Although I did see a quote-unquote movie critic this week talk about how as long as the visuals gave you a sense of wonder who cares about the story, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> It's the stupidest thing I ever heard. I hate that so much. That's what they said about the first one, too. Either way, I just can't explain. I think the same thing's going to happen to this movie. We all... Everyone says it's the most amazing movie ever. And then one or two months later, once you get past the whole visuals and everything, they're going to look at the... They're going to look at the story and realize, oh... There's nothing here. In fact, it's kind of like the same plot over again. Yeah. He goes to a different place. The military attacks him. He fights the military. That's exactly what happened in the first one. That's exactly what happened in the second one. And we don't even have a reason for that to be happening. Because there's nothing inherently wrong with having a simple plot. But if you're going to have a simple plot, then your character work needs to be amazing. You need to have super compelling characters so that the simple plot, like, feels like, you like, like, at least I care about what's going to happen. Like, what's going to happen with these characters? Like, if you're going to have a simple plot, then you need to spend a lot of time doing character work. You need to spend a lot of time getting me to, like, connect with these characters. If you don't do that, then what you have is a too long and boring movie. Because it's like, if I'm not watching this for the characters that I care about, and I'm not watching it for a compelling story, then what the hell am I watching, watching it for? for. <laughs> cool, you have cool visuals. So what? I don't care about that. I don't care that you spent $350 million having a bunch of rubber balls on a bunch of people <laughs> while they're underwater and they only film their scenes for probably like a month or two and then the visual ads artists that are probably tearing their eyes out yes. spending four or five plus years per scene on things. Yeah. I, like, I watched a quiz about the first Avatar. It takes 48 hours to do one frame in the first Avatar Like, movie. to render it. It's to render insane. it. And like I said, he had to wait for all of this tech to, like, catch up with his vision or whatever. And it's crazy because it's like, when it comes to, like, another thing about the visual effects, like, people talk about, like, okay, so the only redeeming thing is the visual effects. First of all, there are parts of the visual effects weren't even all that good. There are, several people have said that the, some of the visual, some of the visuals look like a video game cutscene. 
yeah. but the frame rate is really weird. It's not even that good. Some of the visual effects aren't even that impressive. And also, in terms of like, like I feel like what when it comes to technical like prowess, you have if you do something cool enough visually that I know took a certain amount of work and effort and like skill and artistry, then I'm actually going to care to know how you did it. And I didn't give a fuck about how, like, I would not be interested in watching a making of documentary for Avatar. Compare that to, we just watched Del Toro's Pinocchio, which is on Netflix. And it was so good. The movie itself was like an hour and a half. We watched the movie and then we watched a half hour behind the scenes documentary willingly and enjoyed every second of it because it was fascinating to see how they did it, how they did the stop motion, how they did the puppets, how they like built the seats, the sets and stuff like that. It was genuinely compelling and interesting. I was way more impressed with the visuals in Pinocchio than I was in this movie. And I'm sure that the Pinocchio was only like $35 million. So obviously it's a lot more expensive what they did. And I'm not saying that computer generation is an art. I'm not saying that like computer effects artists, like don't deserve to be viewed as artists. Of course they do, but it. But like, I don't care. It's to me. It's more, like it's still a computer. Even if it takes talent and skill, you still have the benefit of being able to render and copy paste and do some things with computers. That is different than being able to like hand move every puppet for like every single frame of work. Well, the other thing, like you brought up for Wakanda Forever, we're talking about the underwater scene and everything. You said, like, sure, the visuals in Wakanda Forever aren't as amazing as Avatar 2, but you care about the characters, and that's the same case with the Pinocchio movie. That's the reason why you think the visuals are better, because you care about the story, you care about the characters, you care about what's happening. So it adds another layer than the visuals. If you have nothing but visuals... No character, no death, no nothing. I'm just watching a shiny turd. That's all I'm doing. (laughs) It's nothing special. It's just there. It's just, okay, if you invite a friend over, they are never going to suggest, hey, let's watch the first Avatar movie or Avatar 2. No, they're going to suggest something that has visuals, that has a story, that has characters. Somebody pointed out that, like, I, I forget what the book was, like, Dostoevsky or something something very random and obscure, has more fan fiction on, fan, on uh, Archive of Our Own, which is a primary fan fiction site, than Avatar, than the first Avatar. There is very little Avatar fan fiction, because very few people care enough about the stories or characters to, like, write fanfics about them. Like, there, you can literally find random kid shows and, like, random shitty one-off, like, TV series and movies and stuff that have ten times as much fan fiction as Avatar because people actually gave a fuck about those characters, even if they weren't super expensive or well-written projects. <laughs> and another thing I forgot to bring up in this article, but the main reason why Disney acquired Fox was for Avatar. Not for... Wow. Not for the... Fought X-Men characters, not for Alien, not for anything else they ever had, for Avatar. That, I, just, I don't understand. I don't understand. And Disney has, like, an Avatar world. Their, their yes. answer to the Harry Potter world in um, Universal was the Pandora world. Yes. Fun fact about that, you can watch Jenny Nicholson's video on it, but basically, um, so Disney originally was in talks to have Harry Potter world. They were going to license that from Rowling. Um, but Rowling wanted the, a train to go backwards and do platforms, nine and three quarters, all this shit. And, um, and so 
Disney kind of waffled on that because they were like, I don't know, it doesn't sound good for crowd control, blah, blah, blah. And then Universal stepped right in and were like, hey, lady, we'll build you some trains. If you want some trains, we can build you some trains. trains. And so they go over, she went over to Universal because they gave her more creative control. And um, Disney lost out on Harry Potter. And they were like, oh, fuck, we did not expect to do that. Because the Harry Potter world, for better or for worse, turned Universal into a household name. Universal just used to be, you know, a park that you might go to if you had extra time when you were going to Disney. But now people were going to Orlando specifically to go to Universal. Whereas before, people would go to Orlando specifically to go to Disney World, and then maybe if they had an extra day, they would go to Universal. But, um, or you'd be like, my family went to Universal before we went to Disney because it was cheaper, and we <laughs> could afford it. <laughs> and I, I just want to say something about the Harry Potter world. It is a lot better theme than anything I've seen in Disney in a while. Really? Disney World, yes. <laughs> I, I really enjoy those things, even though J.K. Rowling is a yeah. terrible person. Yeah, she's but, <laughs> but, besides that, uh, it just doesn't make any sense for them to be like, okay, we lost Harry Potter. Now let's go with Avatar. Yeah. Avatar has no fan base. I know. No and you know, nothing. And you know what Judy said in her video, which I think is actually brilliant, you know what they could have done that would have allowed them to do, like, to build, like, a very immersive world and would have had a huge built-in fan base they could have done Mario. There are several franchises, <laughs> bless you, that are way more compelling than Avatar and have a built-in fan base. I only there's only a handful of super dedicated fans of Avatar. And to be fair, those people are super dedicated. Like there's a very detailed wiki. There's a lot of world building that like only the most dedicated people know. You can learn to speak Navi. There's music in Navi. Like there there are things that the, the, the world building of Avatar is actually pretty good. But like. Very few people know about it because they don't care enough about the story to, like, look into the world building. Yeah. It's, like, you know, it's probably about on, almost on par with, like, Lord of the Rings in terms of, um, like, world building. There's a whole con language, there's a whole language, there's a whole, like, structure. There's details in the wiki about, like, these instruments and, like, the history and culture of those instruments. There's a bunch of lore that's baked into the Pandora world that's on Disney now. So, like, there is lore, but... Again, you can have all the lore in the world if you don't have interesting characters. It's like if Lord of the Rings didn't have Gandalf or Bilbo or any of these like iconic characters, then nobody would care about the Cimmerillion. Nobody would care that there's lore. <laughs> you have to have characters that matter. <laughs> in the article that I pointed out too, he did mention that he based these Avatar movies like Lord of the Rings. Like he has to plan out the books first and then the movies. Because. But again, Lord of the Rings has interesting characters. Yes. Like, I mean, how can you miss that that's such a fundamental part of storytelling? It takes more than visuals. It takes more than conlangs. It takes more than world building. It takes some actual interesting fucking characters. Like, he says, I wrote these books out and wrote all these scripts out for all four or five movies. So the characters know where they're how they're supposed to act for the characters at the time. But again, that doesn't go anywhere. I mean, it's like, yeah. again, not to bring up Rowling again, like, I don't, I, I don't, like, J.K. Rowling sucks, but she, you know, for instance, gave Alan Rickman Snape's entire story before she was finished writing the books so that he could act a certain way so that when Snape makes his ultimate sacrifice and stuff, it has some impact because people understand, like, because he knew when he was playing Snape yeah. where his story was going to go. 
but like she had a story written for the character and it's like and the thing is if you want evidence of how like if you have interesting enough characters people will forgive bad world building or you don't have to spend as much time on world building jk rowling's world building sucks ass her world building is bad she has one magic school for like all of europe she when she was expanding into like the the fantastic beast franchise or whatever she was like there's one wizarding school in the entire united states i'm like that is stupid you know how big the united states is like she and there's so many there's so many world breaking spells like there's spells that can like reverse death but only sort of sometimes and then there's spells that you can like kill somebody with but like you have to like it's like if, I'm sorry, but if killing somebody was as easy as pointing your wand and saying Avada Kedavra, like, wouldn't murder rates be very high and the unsolved murder rate be high as shit? Because how do you tell if someone, I know that they're supposed to be unforgivable curses or whatever, but, like, can the Aurors immediately find out, like, trace? Because everybody has a wand. It would be like if everybody had an AK-47 strapped to their back at all times. <laughs> like, like there's plenty or like she'll, whenever she like tries to expand it's like the worst like remember that thing on Twitter where she was like they were like where did the wizards used to go to the bathroom and she was like oh well they used to shit their pants and then disappear the evidence with their wands <laughs> I was like yeah. what are you talking about so her world building is very bad but people are still super dedicated to Harry Potter because they think the characters are interesting you can't do visuals. That it can't be. You have it can't to have just be visuals. visuals. You have to you, do something else. You have to do something else. It just, I, I, I'm just waiting for like a month or two when everyone realizes, oh yeah, that is the case. You have to have more than visuals. Why is he going to trick them? Like I, I, I'm, I don't want to see Avatar three, even if he makes it. I don't want to see Avatar 4. I don't care about I barely want to see this one. I only did it because somebody else bought the ticket. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought maybe, okay, he 13 years, maybe, maybe he thought of a better story. I nope. don't, I don't care how many years you spent on the visual effects. I do not care. If you don't have a story I do not care. Well, for perspective, Guillermo del Toro spent about the same amount of time on Pinocchio. Yeah. He spent like 15 years. But I actually care about the end product. So if you don't do a good end product, then who fucking cares if you spend a lot of time making it? So yeah, that's Avatar. And um, yeah, I think you... What, what would you rate this out of 10? A zero. Like, zero? I hate... Damn. <laughs> this movie is like the most... I, I, I actually hate this movie. <laughs> like it just it makes you mad like on a fundamental level <laughs> oh, yes I just don't get how this is the number one movie ever like number one movie that ever made money I, I just do not get what came over people I think you know I think that what James Cameron has forgotten to account for because he's super arrogant and stupid is that like Avatar 1 only broke all that ground because it was and unexpectedly, like, like the, because of the, the tech and stuff was so impressive, like, people all were all like, oh my god, the visuals, oh my god, woo, and that's why it made so much money. But the world is not 2019. We are, I mean, not in 2019, 2009. We're living in a much different world than we lived in in 2009. It's a much different place with a much different landscape. Uh, there's just, like, people, it takes more than pretty visuals to, like, make a story sell these yeah. days. So... Yeah, I don't think it's going to do as well as the last one. I don't think it's going to break any records. I don't think it's going to do any of that because it's just not good enough. 
And people want more than just a pretty picture. It's also proven because they had a projection of this making a hundred fifty in the U.S. hundred fifty million, uh-huh. and it only made a hundred thirty something. So clearly, it's already under projecting. Yeah, clearly, there's nothing to this. Like, also, didn't Wakanda Forever make more on it? Yeah, we can't. Yeah, <laughs> So, yeah, take that, James Cameron. And you can bet that if, that if it doesn't beat Wakanda forever, he's going to be like, oh, cinema's dead. It's all Marvel's fault. So, anyway, that was Avatar. And we ran it for half of the movie's runtime about how unimpressive it was. Aggressively mid. Save your $25 and just wait for it to come onto Disney Plus uh, so you can play it like it's a pretty screensaver background um, because that's basically all it is. <laughs> Yeah, that's Avatar Yes. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you follow, like, subscribe, all that fine jazz. Make sure you also follow my other podcast, Wilson Comes with the Word Kind, and our YouTube channel, our Twitch channel, and all of the other things that will be in the description. Yes, thank you very much, and thank you for all the likes on the previous podcast, too. Yes. Either way, talk Mm -hmm. to you later.